0: Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. So, welcome to another of the Disruptive HR podcasts where we talk to people in the HR world who are genuinely disrupting what's going on in HR. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Colleen Fuller from Vistaprint o- over in Boston. So, hi, Colleen. Hi, Lucy. Thanks so much for joining us today. Can you just start, just tell us a little bit about your role at Vistaprint because you've got a slightly unusual title.
1: Sure. So my, uh, my role at Vistaprint, I lead the Talent and Experience Transformation Team, and that is a team responsible really for delivering and, and designing the, the overall employee experience.
0: Fantastic. And you've been there a while, haven't you?
1: I have. I'll be hitting fifteen years this coming February, which is
0: crazy. crazy <laughs> because I think that. sometimes we think that it's the it's the the new broom that comes in and sweeps clean. But actually you're still innovating and you've been there quite a while. I think that would be good to hear for, for long serving HR folk. Right, right. And it's it's
1: really been um, one of those things where I can't believe I've been here as long as I have, but it's the, the organization has changed and evolved so much over those those years that I've I've been lucky enough to be in a position where we've been able to you know, look a number of times at, at how we work, um, but most recently, the transformation that we've gone through is probably our biggest.
0: And I think most people will have heard of Vistaprint, so a global e-commerce print company. You're based in Boston. Just give us a bit of a sense of scale, numbers of employees, and, and just a bit about the culture, so when you're talking, people can set it in context.
1: Sure. So we employ about 7,000 employees uh, around the world. We have 17 different offices um, in uh, 17 different countries. We have everything from you know, your marketing, technology, GNA functions to manufacturing, customer care. So, so pretty much the full scope. We are a PeerPlay e-commerce web-to-print company uh, founded in 1995 by Robert Keene, who is now our CEO of SimPress, our parent company. The culture is, you know, technology, technology-oriented culture. Uh, very, you know, we operate with a, an agile mindset, very um, focused on impact and delivering value to our customers. Our customer is really at the center of everything we do. So it's it's uh, it's an incredible company to work at. Obviously, having been here for 15 years, um, it's, it's definitely been you know lots of opportunity to grow and and really evolve.
0: That's great, thank you. Now, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you is because you've been doing some great work in looking at how you can bring about a more agile culture and way of working within the HR team, both in the kind of technical sense of agile methodology, but also culturally just being more agile. And I think you'd started being agile as an organization in technology, in the technology team back in 2013. But but you made a decision that it was something that you wanted to adopt for HR. Can you just tell us a bit about that? What does that look like in practice? Was it difficult to do? What are the benefits? Yeah, so
1: as you mentioned, it, it started within technology, and really it evolved over, you know, a number of years. Um, it was starting to spread across the company, and and our creative teams and marketing teams started to really think about how do they adopt some of those principles into the way that they work. And as that was happening, it really, you know, we were starting to look at, uh, you know, what is the impact or what, it, what it, will these kind of changes bring about for our team in terms of how do we support the organization as it evolves uh, and moves to these moves to more of these agile ways of working. So there was much more of a focus on cross-functional teams as opposed to, you know, functional organizations. And so we really started thinking about how do we make sure that we're set up to support the organization? That was kind of one of the first things. And then secondly, as we, you know, started to, to really think about what we needed to do to change, the first thing that really came to mind is that how do we do this in a way that is in line with the way the organization works. So we can't really just evolve and transform ourselves but not do it in a way that, that's going to resonate with the with the organization. So it made sense for us to really start to think about how could we adopt some of these principles and ways of working to the way that we want to work? Because the, the change that we were talking about was so, Big and complex, you know, and how could we how could we break it up into smaller increments and really think about it in that way? So that was really kind of how we started thinking about it and how it how it came to be. We were lucky enough to have an agile coach on our team, so um, somebody on, on uh, my team had gone through the uh, the training and and so had really become a full fledged agile coach, and she was then bringing all of those learnings back into the team, and it was just really starting to resonate in terms of how could we do you know, how could we do what we wanted to do in such a, you know, in a, in a way that was going to allow us to, to start to roll things out more quickly and get value and, and understand the feedback. And so that's really how it all came about.
0: So what were the what were the key features when you when you look back now and, and look at what you've done, what you're doing differently? What are the key features of what agile means for you in H.R.?
1: So, it's everything from you know things like if you if you walk through our space, well, first of all, the first thing you might notice as you walk through our space is that we don't have desks. We have you know our entire space has been transformed into very much an agile way of working. So we have you know lots of different options for people based on how they might want to work. We don't have any dedicated, uh, workstations, so we basically say you come in, you kind of pick pick what's going to suit you for, for the day. There's, you know, chairs, there's standing tables, there's docking stations, those kinds of things. You'll see boards and, um, you know, Kanban boards all around our space, so we have stand-ups. If you're walking through our space, you might see us having, you know, either a local or global stand-up where we talk about yeah. our work, we talk about what we're going to deliver, so there's those kinds of things. And then kind of more practically, in terms of the work itself, we define our outcomes. So if if we're thinking about the employee experience, and we're thinking about a particular experience, like say performance and feedback that we're delivering on, we'll define that outcome. So what is it going to look like, you know, at the end? What is it that we're going for? And then we think about it in terms of, okay, what is the one thing that we can start today? What is the first increment? So we cut you know, we slice off the first increment, rather than defining the entire thing from start to finish, we talk about what is it that we need to do now to learn to get us closer to where we wanna be.
0: And that's at the heart of Agile, isn't it? It's instead of us taking an approach which is everything's gotta be perfect, we've gotta have done a consultation, we have to have our frequently asked questions written and answered, we have to have every product ready to go, it's this idea of you go with the smallest amount you can almost get away with to enable you to get feedback to do better. So exactly. And that's a yep. new concept for, for, for us in H.R. Certainly as an H.R. director in the, my past, that would have terrified the life out of me. You know, how right. did your, how did your colleagues react to it?
1: I mean it was definitely I mean, luckily for me I, I reported at the time i w- i was reporting up into the the head of technology he's now since evolved his role and he's he's the you know head of technology and transformation, but he very much saw the value in the way that we were thinking about our work along with our you know luck, luckily for us we have a very supportive Uh, executive team who very much buys into the way that we're thinking about this. And then I think, you know, a lot of the the biggest changes were within the team, really getting the team to, you know, to come along and and understand it and really, you know, evolve the way that they work. But we saw so many benefits of it so quickly that it wasn't really a hard sell. You know, there was, there was, we're just immediately seeing the, the benefits of being able to get things done faster. Another key piece of it that I didn't mention is that not only do we kind of you know, work in smaller increments, we work together with the organization. So we don't define the work and work within a siloed HR team. You know, we we very much have people within the organization that are working with us on it. And that's a a key piece of of how we organize around our work. We co-create with our employees.
0: And you talked about being able to identify, say, something within the employee experience. And having that as an outcome. Can you talk to us about the work you've been doing around employee experience? Because I'm personally very excited about employee experience as a concept. I think it could be a real game changer for HR. But it does mean that we need to really think differently. It's not just another process. And I'm very keen to understand. Um, How you started to think about employee experience, product, product portfolio. Did you define any of that? Did you work in sprints? Can you just talk to us about how you went about developing your employee experience?
1: Sure. So what we the the approach that we took was really to think about, you know, as the organization was evolving and, and really changing the way that that they work, it was really how, what are the different kinds of experiences that we really need to either create or transform in order to support that. And so. We really thought about it in terms of, you know, we looked at the, the the first one that was the most obvious was really our performance management process. So we talked about, you know, what is it that our process is today? How do we what do we think it needs to be in the future in order to enable us to work at, in the way that we are working within, you know, kind of this new agile way of working? And and similarly, as we looked at, you know, how teams were forming and how how work was getting done, we we you know looked at things like our how we grow and develop our people or how we, the role of leader, and all of those different things, you know, kind of emerged as things that we really needed to think differently about. And so from there, it was really about what is the experience we want to create? What is it that we want it to feel like? So again, if, if you take performance and feedback, it was really what what is the experience we want people to have with performance and feedback at VistaPrint? We define that at the highest level and then we, and then we start to break up and, and think about, you know, what are the different pieces or the different kind of chunks of work or things that we need to bring into the organization in order to get us to that end result. Um, so that was really, you know, how we did it. We then thought about it in terms of, uh, we really redefined our purpose in the organization and redefined what it is, that the value that we deliver. And we, and we defined that as the we deliver a product to the organization. We deliver you know this this experience, and how do we think about that product um, or that experience as a product, assign a product owner to it, et cetera. so so that was really the approach that we that we went after.
0: Yeah, really interesting. And I I I do really like this idea of HR thinking about providing products rather than delivering a service. Because I think if you if you think about delivering a service, it tends to drive you to one size fits all processes, streamlined, cost effectiveness. Whereas a product you're thinking end user, you're thinking about how well is it being used? How well is it liked uh, rather than uh, the service mindset? And um, exactly. Just going back to the performance and feedback as being a priority for you, because as we know, most people's experience of of performance appraisals is pretty dire. What was the experience you wanted them to have?
1: So we we defined our outcome and I can't remember the exact words, but really what it was about was just kind of humanizing the whole the whole experience of, of feedback. So thinking about it in terms of. You know, creating this experience where feedback is given to really build people up, not not to knock them down, that um, it's given real time, that it's given with really good intent, and you know, with an effort of of really developing the person. So if, if that was kind of the things we were thinking about because our process that we had in place at that particular point, it wasn't that it was against all of those things; it just wasn't doing that. And, yeah, yeah. and so it was it was really how do we if if that's our, you know, like that was our kind of end state of like, wow, wouldn't it be really great if, if feedback, you know, really kind of was well intentioned, building people up, that it happened, you know, all the time, not just at set times of the year. What would we need to do? What would need to be different here? So that was the way we we thought about it.
0: And I think you actually kind of did the whole ratings, 360 feedback and forms and so on. I think you've kind of got rid of a lot of that stuff, haven't you? Can you describe what it looks like today?
1: Sure. So we did. We got rid of all of that, and we had a very formalized process in the past. Um, so that was a big, a big shift. What it feels like today is that we we work with our, you know, all of our team members to really, you know, get them comfortable with a, a variety of different ways to collect feedback. So the first thing I would say is that every individual owns their own feedback. So there is no, no more manager. Um, kind of process where the manager's responsibility is to collect feedback, to then kind of, you know, theme it together and share it out. Instead, that has flipped to the employee. So the employee would own collecting their feedback. We we arm them and tool them with many different ways that they could do that. So, so that because it isn't a one-size-fits-all, it's really, you know, here's a, here's a variety of different ways that you can collect feedback on yourself. Here's a variety of different ways you can collect feedback as a team. And then you yourself, you know, you as the the individual will then collect all of the feedback that you get. You'll kind of theme it yourself. And then you will actually sit down with your manager and share it with your manager as opposed to, to, you know, the the opposite. And so um, that we, you know, we encourage folks to do that on whatever, you know, as the frequency that makes sense for them. It's usually done about two to three times per year. And it it varies, uh, you know, within individuals across the organization. But then, you know, what you would do is you would collect your feedback, share it with your manager, and you would create your development plan from there, which, you know, we would encourage folks also to share their development plans publicly with their teams so that their teams can be aware of what they're trying to work on and really helps and support them.
0: I love the way that you take this much more adult to adult dynamic. You move away from parenting where the line manager sits them down and, you know, takes them into a room and gives them their feedback and so on. And I also love the way that you've kind of gone about this, you know, one size does not fit all. Instead of there being this rigorous universal process, you're saying, here's some options, do what feels right for you. Now, one of the things that when we're talking about this with our clients and and, um, HR people that we know, we can get some pushback around. Yeah. But what happens if they don't do it? What happens if if uh, you can't guarantee that managers are going to behave well? And and so they want to resort to putting in place a very robust process because it gives them comfort and reassurance that something is happening Were those doubts. Uh, that, were they a, a voiced when you were going through this? Was this something? Any resistance that you faced? It, it, absolutely, and you
1: know, it, it's definitely um, it was definitely a concern that was raised, and you know, and it, and it it is raised from time to time as well. And and the perspective that we've had, and I, and I continue to have, is that. If someone's not collecting feedback on themselves, it's, you know, it's really only themselves that is going to suffer. You know, they're not they're not going to know how they're doing. And eventually that it will it will catch up to them. And so it's kind of goes back to what you were just saying. It's this kind of adult to adult. You know, let's treat people like adults. Let's, you know, share with them. It's, It's really in your best interest to get feedback, to understand how you're doing and the way that we're doing it we feel is is really you're hearing it direct from your colleagues and from your peers and when you hear it direct it's often given with much more kind of constructive you know ideas around what you could do differently it's it just feels like it's you know the the good intention you know kind of comes more naturally when you hear it direct and so so we certainly did hear those those concerns and um we have not really though run into any major issues with you know, with challenges around not having it documented or not having the accountability. We do we do survey to find out, you know, have you received feedback, you know, so there's a variety of different ways that we're, you know, that you can go about getting that that information so that you can know and, and it might encourage us to do more to to get it out there to remind people to do it. But overall, we just really want people to just they not to need a reminder that they should just know this is this is part of, of how you grow and how you develop and we want you to take ownership for it.
0: Now, I read something about a sailboat process. Um, I, it sounds fascinating. Can you just share what that actually looks like and how you used it?
1: Sure. So so the sailboat actually interestingly started as part of our acquire and onboard experience. And so it was initially thought of um, to be a way that we could really assess our candidates that are coming in to interview for for roles to be able to assess them as to, you know, would they be a culture ad? But it's it's pretty quickly evolved into something that has become a pretty regular way of how we work. And what it is, is it's it's basically picture of a flip chart with a sailboat, a big giant sailboat drawn on it, and at the top there's some wind and at the bottom there are rocks. And basically, you as an employee or as a candidate, the question is posed, so you as an employee might invite, say, you know, 10 to 15 people, whatever the right number is for you, of folks that you've worked with. and you bring them together and you let them know, hey, you know, here's some of the things that I'm working on and you know, I'd love to get some feedback from you and you know, can you think through what are the things that kind of propel me forward, the things that would be my wins, the things that, you know, you've experienced from working with me propel me forward in my role that I should continue doing or, you know, that you want to highlight and then what are some of the, the rocks that kind of slow me down. Yeah. And so you, you, you basically tee it up in that way. Everybody in that room would, has uh, post-it notes and a marker, and they just write down whatever comes to mind. So the winds and the rocks and then each individual person in that room and, and you yourself also will fill them out for yourself. And then you usually kick it off and you'll say, you know, one of the wins, you know, is that, oh, you know, I tend to be very collaborative. I pull the team together, I provide the context, and that, you know, helps me to propel forward in the work that I'm doing. Maybe one of my rocks is that I, you know, tend to take on too much or I, I don't delegate enough to the team or allow the team to, to own enough of the how. And so maybe I, sh- you know, that might slow me down eventually. So you kind of put it out there and then everybody will start getting up and they'll share theirs. And you're just getting all this, Real-time feedback from people—you start to lump, you know, kind of theme it together. And by the end of that 30-minute session, you have a whole bunch of feedback that you're able to kind of sort through and and start thinking about how does this feed into my development plan. So it's a real simple, quick, easy way to get a bunch of feedback.
0: I love it. I'm going to try it with my team.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And you can do it. You can do it both as an individual, um, and my team actually, my leadership team, we do it as a team as well. So we think about what are the things that propel us forward as a leadership team? What are the things that are slowing us down? It's it's just a great way to kind of think about, you know, how the team is operating
0: as a unit as well brilliant thank you now just going back to this one size doesn't fit all and i know this is still early days for you but i'm very keen to understand um, any work that you've done around employee segmentation starting to potentially look at personas can you just tell us where your thinking's going on that
1: sure so this was part of our kind of early thinking and, and you know as you said it's it's a it's more of you know we we have a not quite formalized at this point, but the way that we're really thinking about it is much the same way that, that we think about customer segmentation. So really thinking about, you know, we have, you know, thousands of employees that are at different phases of their lives and have different kind of wants and, and needs at this particular point in their career, and that may vary as well. And how do we ensure that we're, that we understand what those different kind of groupings of of team members look like? and And how do we ensure that, for each one of these experiences that we're creating that we're that we're providing enough solutions that will serve each of those uh those different segments so it's really we we use it to think you know in terms of how we think about our workplace design how we think about how we communicate recognition is a big thing people have very different needs in terms of how they want to be recognized rewards is another big one and you know so that's a place where we've you know we've very informally kind of created these different personas to think about you know, what are all the different ways that one might be one might want to be rewarded? Because, you know, right now we have we or historically we've had a very one size fits all. Everyone gets a merit increase. It's based on this. And and different people have different needs. And so how do we create more of this menu of options such that people have more choice in in what their experience feels like?
0: And I think that's really important, because if if there's a risk that we in hr we just look at employee experience as being how do we just create this one experience and whilst you want people to have similar feelings ultimately how they get to those feelings right. need to be very different don't they you know we absolutely and there's a risk that we just go well great that's it then you know that makes them all happy or that makes them all feel fulfilled or that whereas we know that of course it's going to mean something very different to different people and so uh, looking at More choice, I think, is is absolutely the right way to go. Really interesting. So just a final one for me, actually, because, you know, so much change and the role of the team changing quite a bit. The method of delivery changing, the focus changing. What has this meant for your leaders? Now, I know you said at the beginning that your leaders, certainly in the most senior level, are very supportive. But what about your kind of rank and file line managers? What is this? What are these changes meant to them and how have they coped with it?
1: Right. So this this was um, this was and continues to be a a pretty significant change. I think there's a lot of support and a lot of excitement around it, um, but certainly a lot of kind of, okay. well, what does this mean for me as a manager if I'm no longer responsible for, you know, Collecting feedback and delivering performance reviews, or really kind of getting in and being, you know, really defining the work for my team and getting in and and doing the work with them. What does this really mean for my role? And so we have, you know, created this this experience called Role of the Leader, and it's really it's it's part of our overall grow and ex- grow and develop experience, but it's really to hone in and and really help our leaders. Understand what their role feels like in this new way of working. So we've, you know, we've defined that in three different chunks of looking at the role of leaders. So things like leaders provide clarity, they set the the vision and and the direction, and then you know they they, but they so they define kind of the uh, the why and and maybe the what, but the team is much more focused on on figuring out. How to define the how to get it done yeah. so um so that's one piece, the other is that leaders really still competence on their team and they are responsible for the competence of their team, so the grow, the you know the growth and development of the team. And also the autonomy, so really ensuring that they're able to provide autonomy to the team so that they are ultimately able to you know to define the how and deliver on the work so there's quite a bit of focus right now where we, we just got started probably about six months ago with this experience, and it's really it's it's been it's been fantastic so far. we have our executive team is very involved in they're actually uh, doing co-creating all of the the different segments of of learning that we're doing and they're also delivering it which is i think providing a lot of the kind of credibility with our our leaders and line managers that they're getting this actually they're actually learning from the executive team directly and it's a lot of it's it's really about an experience and really again creating that human element of we don't know this we don't have this 100 percent right but here's our experience and here's how how we're thinking about it which i think has resonated quite a bit with our uh with our employees
0: colleen that's fantastic unfortunately we're out of time but i could go on talking to you all day because it's fascinating to hear That all of these buzzwords that we're hearing in the HR world, like agile, employee experience, HR products, but you've actually really genuinely embraced them and you're living them and it's having a fantastic impact. Is Is there any kind of final learning from all of this stuff that you think, if I was going to do it again, I would not do that or I would definitely do this?
1: Hmm. I, I would say that definitely do this. It's the one thing I I always say is really the the biggest key to this that took us a little bit of time to figure out was that how important it is to co-create with the employees. We have all of our customers and all of our, you know, team members sitting here in the building and they, they're the people that ultimately at the end of the day are, are what experience all of it. And so really getting them involved and um, and all of all of the work has been probably the most rewarding part of um, of what what we've done so far.
0: Brilliant. So that continual user centered user involvement. Um, exactly. And just a kind of lip service to a bit of consultation with the usual suspects at the start. Exactly. Yep. Colleen, that's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much, Lucy. I, I really appreciate it and love being on the show.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.